Brothers. This is Justin with Masonic Improvement. I'm joined today by my co-host, Dennis Yates. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't even fair. <laughs> okay. So, hello, everybody. Glad to, glad to see you tonight. And I got to tell you, you've, you've seen my brothers from, from San Antonio that I hang out with and, and talk Scottish Rite garb with and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, now you get to see my Blue Lodge brothers, um, my mentors and, and best friends in Blue Lodge. They, they really are, um, are the guys that, that I lean on the most and, and they have my back and, and, and I definitely have theirs at any time. I'd like to introduce to you Scott McMahon. He's the director of, of the Presidio. And, um, and also past master of Goliad 94. And then Mike Calhoun, who is the, the, um, I, I, he's the secretary of just about every lodge I know of around here. And except for ours, which Scott is the secretary. And then, uh, they both, they're, they're both past district deputy grandmasters. Mike has been ours at 36 and also at large. And he's also our district instructor for District 34. Um, guys, it, it is a privilege to have you here. We're so excited. Thank you for uh, agreeing to to talk with us tonight. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank y'all. Thank y'all both for coming, Dennis. I, I wasn't sure what you were hinting at about about your about your name when you said. Uh, I guess you're talking about that title. Uh, what was it? Uh, the, <laughs> the goober of Goliad? Is that what we call it? Yeah. You? Why, why would you, why would you make me say that? You know, you, <laughs> you know, you're so bad. You, you turned into my, my blue lodge brothers here and, and you're just going to give me grief the whole time. I can tell. He usually calls me the guru of Goliad, and and I was just waiting for you guys to laugh as soon as, as soon as he said that. But uh, Dennis, I, 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 that. I have never heard that before. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're trying to inflate your ego here. Absolutely, every chance I get. Um, so, Scott, we'll start with you tonight, and and I'd like to to touch on some key historical events that we're having, and and we're so excited about this because our grandmaster has has made a, a real effort this year to make all of our historical events more meaningful to us all and make them full weekend events to where when we go, we're going to hang out for Friday and Saturday and sometimes Sunday morning before everybody heads out. Um, what kind of events are, are we looking forward to coming up? Do you, do you, uh, do you have those on, on your docket? I don't know anything about any events coming up. <laughs> okay, uh, so, I, I'm assuming so, you're talking about uh, the Goliad uh, Memorial Remembrance, correct? Yes, and and the Alamo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Alamo will come up first, um, and of course, I believe we've got a, a Grandmasters Conference scheduled up there. But uh, the significance of that will be uh, March the sixth. The Alamo fell. Um, Actually, even prior to that, March the 2nd is Texas Independence Day. And I believe there will be 
There used to be when I worked up there years ago, and I think they're still doing it, but uh, I think that Washington Lodge meets at the site of Independence Hall, where the convention declared independence back in 1836, and they have uh, a Tiled Lodge meeting there. Um, and then, like wow. I say, we'll be, we'll be going to San Antonio for the, the Grandmasters Conference there. Uh, we'll have a procession down from the, the Scottish Rite Temple to, um, to the Alamo. And uh, then, of course, the end of March, the weekend of the 29th, 29th, 27th, well, I know this, um, we'll be coming over to Goliad uh, to visit the Phantom Memorial. And that's the 26th, 27th, my bad. Um, it's always that last weekend in March. So, yeah, there's a lot of this is uh, in the in the history nerd world. This is what we call the high holy days of Texas history. We have the the siege of the Alamo, the Declaration of Independence, the uh, the battle out here at, at Coletta Creek, the massacre, the end of March and, of course, the fall of the Alamo on the 6th. So, yeah, there's a lot of Texas history going on right now or about to be going on. Yes, exactly. And and the the coolest thing, well, of course, we're trying to get a thousand people, a thousand Masons to the uh, to the Alamo Remembrance. And, and then uh, and then we're going to this year form grand procession from the Presidio over to the memorial site at here in Goliad, which is totally awesome and then we're going to have a picnic and you know this is is right up mike's alley that he grew up doing this when he was younger with you know he's got multiple generations of of masons in his family and grew up having this picnic at the battleground then we brought it back in honor of of uh of our past past masters mike can you tell us a little bit about back in the day well, what I remember as a child was going out and gathering up uh, corn and, and different things for the event. It was uh, a very nice event for all the Masons and their families. Um, and, of course, Goliad's a very small town, so the people that you grew up with and went to school with, most of them, your friends were your dad's friends, so it was kind of a big get together i see yes yes and and it's really going to be great this year we'll we'll get not only are we doing it with our district but we're going to have the the grandmaster and and his and uh and anybody that comes down from the rest of texas to to join with us and and it's going to be a really really fun time this year which it, it was a fun time last year. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, that's that's a time when our families get together, and, and that's always special for me. You know, I take my family everywhere. So that's always other good to be able than, to hang out with other, brothers. Go ahead, Mike. Other than the weather, it was a very nice event. It was very cooperative last year. Right. It was a little chilly. But that's all right. It was a good time. And then this year, not a whole lot of people will make it, um, but there's also going to be a fellow craft degree at the um, in Austin at the end of February. Um, the, it's two weeks. Is it two weeks from now? Yes, it's two it weeks. Be. Two weeks from now on on Friday at, 
on on a Friday, there's going to be a, a grand procession uh, going from the archives building over to the um, to the Capitol, and and then we'll we'll have a fellow craft degree on Friday, and then there's a festive board Friday night, and that's hosted by University Lodge in in Austin, and that's going to be a good time as well. I plan on being there also. That's that's going to be fun. I can't wait. I it, it'll be the first fellow craft degree in Austin. The first fellow craft degree in Austin. Yeah, that's, really? that's, that's, <laughs> that's news to me. <laughs> okay, guys, in in the capital, I apologize. Okay. Let's yeah, just I let's mean, just let's just stop any kind of Masonic discussion and just roast Dennis for the next forty minutes. You Mark. know that's that's just not even funny. That's, that's just too easy. So so Scott, um, also we've got the the Battle of Gonzales and and, um, and yeah, that'll be in October. In October, what what yeah, usually goes on there? Um, well, I haven't been in years, but they have a, they have a big parade. And I believe that, uh, there's usually either a grandmaster or past, uh, grandmaster that's there for the parade. And a lot of the DDGMs show up, uh, that's the right around the third of October, right around that first weekend. And then, um, after we get done here, I don't know if there's anything going on, but, uh, the end of April would be the battle of San Jacinto, uh, which is important to Texas Freemasonry because the charter for the, you know, for the grand lodge of Texas was carried in Anson Jones's saddlebags during the battle. So, and of course we all know he was the first grand master. So there's a lot of significance there. And I too want to plug, you know, we're talking all this history. Um, Goliad is and I'm going to make this claim on your podcast. So, um, but so far as I know, we are the oldest continuously used, used lodge building in the state of Texas. And I was told by way of uh, uh, Brother Batters that uh, another lodge is now claiming that they're the oldest continuously used lodge building, but they weren't chartered until two years after us. So I don't know how this oh. can be older. But, uh, nice. but yeah. Um, our building was built in uh, 1854 out of stones that came from the mission in the Presidio. And, um, we've been having a lodge there ever since we've, we've never stopped. So, um, it's unique. You kind of, you kind of made me panic when you started out a while ago, we got a thousand brothers coming out. I, I was a minute <laughs> thinking, surely you're not talking about the Goliad because that, that's not going to work really well. But yeah, the procession, the grand procession from, uh, from Scottish right down to the Alamo, I can see that. But um, but yeah, for sure, come out. A lot of times, uh, it's it's almost standing room only at, uh, at Goliad ninety four when we have Grand Lodge come down in March. So, and it's, yes, it's unique. We've done a, as you know, we've done a lot of work trying to get the building um, back to where it needs to be, and we still got a lot of work to do. But um, it's something that that uh, I know the three of us from Goliad 94 here right now are very proud of and, and I uh, like to Absolutely. show up. What, what kind of, yes. What kind of work have y'all done on your building? Well, we, uh, <laughs> we replaced, we had all the plaster damage that had accumulated over the years. And I'm, I'm sure it was a long time, had all that redone. Um, Dennis and I, one day after, uh, 
after a forum and exam with, I think, Mike, were you right, Worshipful DDGM that time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, after, and we go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say we got back after that exam and or the foreman exam and, and uh, Dennis and I were excited about uh, everything and pumped up and we started peeling carpet up in there uh, in the floor of the, the lodge room and got about halfway pulled up and realized we, we really couldn't turn back at that point. So we went to Mike thinking he was going to give us some sort of uh, <laughs> green light and, and would give us a little bit of legit- legitimacy to what we had just done. But we ended up pulling all the carpet out of there and and uh a lot of the brothers from Goliath did work on the floor. We've got a beautiful old hardwood floor in there. Um, I'm actually uh, going to try and get some painting done on there, uh, all seeing eye in the east and some other things around the lodge room to kind of dress it up like an old style lodge would be done. But yeah, we put a lot of work into it lately. Your, your story yeah, about the it, carpet reminds me of my original lodge. We had um, uh, some counters in our kitchen pretty nasty right and one day at practice a brother accidentally put too much weight on one of them and broke it so at that point it's no turning back you had to just tear them all down (laughs) well what was funny about about that day is so we start pulling it back and we're looking at it and we're thinking man this this can really clean up good and and when when we say clean up we actually sanded down the floor completely and and redid the floor completely i mean we really did it right but so we we're pulling up the carpet and then and like you said we finally get to a point to where there's no return so we just roll it all up and scott and i are sitting in the east and we're sitting on our on the steps in the in the east and and i i looked at scott i said they can't take me out of the east for this can they he said no but they might not let me in (laughs) because Scott was a senior warden at that time as well. But I got to tell you, out of all of this, the one thing that I learned that that I'll always take away from me from this is that when when it all hits the fan, you call Todd Patterson because he rolled up with his truck and we threw that carpet out the window and into his truck and he took off to Mike's place to burn it in the pasture. So <laughs> so, how, how am I going to edit that, Dennis? My gosh! I hope well, so. See, Dennis was being hopeful that that uh, if the floor didn't look good, he could roll that carpet back out. And when you roll up an entire section of carpet the size of a lodge room, you you can't really unroll it back out. So <laughs> I, I thought Dennis's lesson was going to be it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my go-to. I mean, everybody knows that. Come on. <laughs> but yeah that was that was awesome and and it started um a really nice trend we've we've really started doing a lot to the lodge and and todd and and his brother-in-law frank frank comes down from uh wisconsin every year and and frank is is a master uh carpenter and so he comes in and just looks at different things and says okay and then that's all they do the whole time he's down here in, in Texas is work on our lodge. And that's pretty awesome. But we've, we've had a lot of things done and, and it's, and it's really exciting to see the look on people's face when they see our lodge as old as it is with the dome roof, like the, like the um, grand lodge used to be. And you haven't seen that. Have you, you look kind of puzzled when I, when I said that, 
Yeah, I'm we actually, yes, we have an arched, arched roof, uh, ceiling to have. where it, it Past have. Tense. We do have the Grand Lodge. We do. No, it, oh, the Grand oh, Lodge oh. used to. Grand Lodge used to. We still have it. Okay, I thought you were talking about the Grand Lodge still having. We ha- we have the we have the roof that Grand Lodge used to have. We just moved it down to Goliad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let it on a flatbed. <laughs> can't yeah, move, that, can't move carpets, glass. but you can move an entire entire dome. That's not a problem. Well, that's how they yeah, did absolutely. it, in McKinney. That's right. That's right. We did it all in McKinney. <laughs> we 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 have been a Vanguard Lodge in McKinney since. Uh, since right after I was raised. So if that says anything, I mean, it, it should, it really should. <laughs> so <clears throat> along with just San Jacinto um, in April, we also, as, as people leave from there, they, they run down to, to Shiner and do a tour of, of the, uh, of the brewery down there and, Shiner bought beers and and that's always fun. Now they've created this uh William Batters and and most worshipful billings together have created an, an event called Shriners and Shiner. And they stop down there every year and and do a tour and and bring their fezes and and drink some beer. Did any of y'all try that? Not to change the subject too much, but any did any of y'all try that that I think it was bourbon. That was auctioned at the gala. The gala. You mean? <clears throat> you mean this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got two of them. <laughs> I've got two of them. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy whiskey and and bourbon and things, but that was especially good. And he had. Me- I didn't. I haven't shared it yet. I'm going to get That's another bottle for us, Mike. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to get another bottle for us. I actually got these. Um, this is bottle number ninety three and bottle number ninety seven. These are for my boys. When they become masters, then I'm going to give each one. That's their birth year, and I'm going to give each one a bottle when they become a master mason. Nice. So those will those will sit for a while, but. There's there's more to be had, and I'm going to uh, buy another bottle for us in Goliad. Don't worry. <laughs> but I'm not going to pay fifteen hundred dollars for for this bottle. That's for sure. That that was that was a, an awesome auction. It all all the proceeds went to uh, to the Grand Lodge Library and Museum, and and in fact, one of our members, um, Brother Bennett, he. Um, he got a gavel that that was made by um yeti and uh it's probably the most expensive gavel in texas and it's also one of the most beautiful if y'all can find that on facebook it it was really a a cool gavel the only thing that that went for more money was the was the pure gold uh grandmaster's coin and that went for twenty eight hundred dollars that was a pretty pretty cool thing i i gave up after a thousand i said no i'm not gonna do that and that was pretty quick into it too that was that was amazing oh i didn't i didn't stick around for the auction so i so it jumped up pretty quick yes yes that one jumped up real quick there there was there wasn't much haggling there somebody wanted it and they got it for sure yeah so anyways um 
in in Goliad, we have the the reenactments going on at the same time, and then we also have the mission. Can can you tell us a little bit about that, Scott? I mean, you you're possibly by time this all happens, you're going to be the director of all that, aren't you? No, no, no. Still just the Presidio. That's okay. That's, okay. Uh, that's further on down the road. Yeah. Um, okay. Nice. Yeah. So. Uh, in March, what we'll do is uh, we'll we'll open up at uh, Goliad ninety four. Um, we'll break away, you know, call a refreshment. We'll come over here and uh, do the procession. The procession will be basically in the footsteps of the procession that happened in June of eighteen thirty six when uh, Thomas Jefferson Rusk and the Texian army came through and buried the remains of the the men that have been massacred here at Goliad, where they are interred now. And, um, of course, Rusk was a, was a brother Mason, but, um, yeah, we'll be following their footsteps from the, the Sally Port of the Presidio over to the Fannin Monument where Fannin and his men are buried. That was, uh, part of the centennial, uh, celebrations in 1936. It was actually built in 37, but it was part of the centennial celebrations for Texas's, um, Texas's 100th birthday. Uh, during the Great. day, though, we'll be having we'll have three different battles going on at ten, uh, I believe ten one and three uh, out in front of the Presidio. We work with Texas Parks and Wildlife on that, and uh, we've got a group of uh, big reenactors uh, or a big group of reenactors, not a group of big reenactors, but uh, we got a big Come group of reenactors. <laughs> yeah, I mean there are there are some that are big, but uh, um, they come yeah, all they'll, be, uh, they'll be going out doing the battle. Um, we do uh, kind of an all all forces uh, infantry, cavalry, artillery uh, first. Then at the middle of the day, we do the cab battle, and then the last part of the day, we do a reenactment of the Battle of Coleto Creek, which then comes into the Presidio. All the Texans are prisoners. Uh, if you come in here as a visitor, you get to watch all that, see how that all goes down. And then we'll be doing a special candlelight tour after hours. And I believe that we're going to have uh, some of that blocked off for the brothers that are coming down to visit uh, and, and participate that day. So, uh, And then Sunday, we'll have a memorial. Uh, we have a reenactment of the, the, the massacre. Then we end up with a memorial that leads from the chapel where they were all held, where the Texans were held in 36. And we go, we'll basically be following the same footsteps that we'll be doing the day before but it'll be led by our uh, bishop for the diocese and we'll have a memorial service out at the, the, uh, the marker. So there's a lot of stuff going on that. Very day. cool. Yes. And you are doing everything you can to add as much as you can to my plate uh, on an already busy weekend. So, yes. <laughs> and I'm proud to do it. I, I got to tell you that I'm, I'm super stoked. So, after, you know, we're going to do our normal stuff that we've always done in Goliad with our enchilada lunch after after we do the memorial service. And and then that'll be a time from one o'clock. Um, in fact, I'll I'll probably let people know at about twelve thirty um, what time it is so that they can get over to see the the one o'clock reenactment. Um because that is, if you've never seen a reenactment, it is one of the m- most cool things you'll ever see in your life. And when you hear those cannons for the first time, 
oh my goodness, if you have any babies, they're going to be crying. And, and it's awesome. You, you hear the cannons and then all of a sudden the, the, the men are crying and the babies are laughing. But it's, it's a great time and, and they have, they're riding horses. They're doing the whole thing. I mean, it, it's really cool in the high grass and everything. I mean, it's just really an awesome experience. And then also we have the mission um, across the highway that that has regular tours and and i would strongly encourage people to do that afterwards after seeing the the uh, presidio going over to the mission and checking it out because it's it's really a sight to see it's really beautiful and uh and it's and it's worth spending some time over there as well because we will be coming back after after the picnic at, at the battlegrounds and and like scott said we'll we'll do the candlelight uh, tour and Scott's gonna gonna tell us all about the Presidio at that point and that, that's one of my favorite things is when he's explaining what ha- happened in the Presidio and and I gotta tell you one of the most beautiful cathedrals I've ever seen in my life is right there at the Presidio I mean that 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 artwork in in that in that cathedral is beautiful and, and you've just got to see it. You got to go and see it. So anyways, yeah, it's, been that's, it's been around for a while. It's, it's, they completed it in 1779 and um, it's been used pretty much nonstop except for about a year in the 1850s. And uh, we still have mass there every Sunday. So very cool. Very wow. cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Before we, get started on this sec- second section i'd like to also point out that brother mike calhoun is part of one of the oldest ranching families in texas and uh has been recognized from uh with our agricultural commissioner and and uh brother sid miller and and uh, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, this uh, this ranch that I'm lucky enough to have inherited uh, has been in our family for over 175 years, continuously in ranching operations. So wow. it's wow, it's been my honor to be here and and carry on the tradition, and uh, I learn a little bit more each and every day that I'm here and doing it. So very nice. And you were, you're talking about Goliad being the, the birthplace of, of ranching. Goliad is the birthplace of Texas ranching. The, uh, the priests at the, uh, at the uh, Espiritu Santo's mission, uh, along with the locals started Probably one of the largest herds ever seen in Texas back in the, what, at the 1700s, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, they had, uh, they kept about thirty or 40,000 head of cattle that were tied to the mission. Uh, troopers from the Presidio ran them all the way down south of here, you know, probably all the way down to the coast with all the big open prairie uh, prairies and stuff like that. So, And the priest over there wasn't real happy about the, the townsfolk cutting out a head here or there to, to butcher and eat. He, he got onto the Presidial Troopers about that on a regular basis. Because, I mean, they only had 30,000 head of cattle. They couldn't lose a couple of them here and there. 
and weren't uh, weren't some of the local Indians as well a little problematic? Yeah, yeah, Caracuas and some of the Apaches and uh, some of the other Indians of Comanches from time to time would come down and get after the cattle. They they stole the horses a lot of times too. So, what a time! You know what's what's interesting to me and and to get completely off the subject um not completely but scott you were telling me one time that that the land down here used to be flat there used to be no trees no nothing and and the all the the we sash that we have lingering around is is all from the hooves of the of the cattle that were brought down is that were you telling me that, or was? Yeah, it used to be. It used to be an open prairie. You had moths of uh, of oaks and stuff, but um, a lot of that uh, mesquite and weesatch we got came up with uh, the cattle being driven up out of out of Mexico and and you know even north to to the trail drives. You know the cowboy era stuff that we think of. And Chisholm Trail gets started not too far north of here. So that's. That's just amazing to me because I drive through this stuff, you know, working every day and I, there's just so much everywhere. And sometimes you, you just can't even see 50 feet in front of you. The mesquite and the wesatch, most of it all came out of Mexico. And it was when our brother Texicans went, uh, went down there and shall we say acquired stock, um, (laughs) from our from our Mexican brothers and uh, drove them north and that's you know they they stole cattle that's what they did that's how a lot of these big herds got started wow so mesquite we're talking about your area however so it would make sense to say that mesquite in general came from Mexico then oh yeah through, through, okay well that's interesting yeah, they ate they ate the beans and deposited them with Ready-made fertilizer from the uh, one of the four stomachs of the cows, and uh, little mesquite trees huh. uh, grew from it. I, I stepped on many a mesquite thorn as a child running around in the country in flip flops. So I can thank <laughs> I can thank cattle thieves for that. Yep. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, it 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 makes sense that that down here is is all you know a bunch of burly. Germans and and Irishmen, you know, they're the only ones tough enough to go down and steal cattle from from Mexico. That's for sure. In this part of of the program, I really wanted to talk to you two about um, a little bit about your history because it, it's pretty interesting to me that um, you have such different histories in in joining Freemasonry and and yet. As as brothers and all three of us really have different different uh, ways of coming into Freemasonry, and and yet as brothers we've we've come together and and traveled so many miles together and, and had s- s- some really really memorable times together. Um, Scott, what what drew you to to Freemasonry? Because I know your dad's not a, a Mason, and and that's pretty interesting. So what what drew you to Freemasonry? I think the only person in my family is like a great uncle that I would know of right now. But um, you know, I'm a I'm a history buff. Um, 
I've got a, a really good friend. Well, now he's, he's a brother, but um, one of my best friends uh, is a Mason. And uh, I was impressed with him and his, his personal character and, and uh, the kind of man that he was. And I knew the character of the men that, that uh, founded the Republic of Texas and that fought during the revolution. And that was, that was really an inspiration to me to, uh, to follow in their footsteps and to, uh, to, see what, um, to see what it was all about. Um, it was, and it, you know, I guess it sounds hokey to some people, but, you know, to me, when I was going through, through my, my degree work, um, I thought to myself, I was like, you know, guys like William Barrett Travis or, um, Thomas Jefferson Rusk or Sam Houston, or, you know, any of those guys, anybody you can think of, you know, you're experiencing some of the same things that, that they experienced. And, you know, there's probably differences here and there. Um, depending on on where they where they learn their work and you know what jurisdictions, but you're you're going through that same experience, uh, going through the same experience that um, that you know men you now call your brothers have been through, and you can talk about that, and it's a shared experience, and um, it, it was just important to me, and I hope that it started. You know, my, my son has expressed interest in joining, and I hope that it started a tradition in our family now, you know, going forward. Um, yes. But it, it, it has, you, you know, you, you, you do all this, and, and like you say, we travel. Um, it brings different people together. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, you and I were just talking about this yesterday, actually. It doesn't matter your politics, your religion, any of that stuff. You know, we're here to better ourselves and to help improve our brothers and to, uh, to make the best we can out of, of, of who we are and what we've got to work with. And, uh, that's something that I think the, the, the world in general has kind of lost sight of, you know, um, and I, I think we still share that in Freemasonry. Um, yes. so, you know, I, I really appreciate that aspect of it. I agree. And, and if you, if, if anyone thinks about it, Back, you know, all the men that you're mentioning, all of our first presidents and vice presidents of Texas, of the Republic of Texas, and 80 percent of our Senate seats and and House and representatives, they were all Masons. And when you think about it, you know, Freemasonry, 80 percent of the seats in the house were Masons and all the leaders were Masons and yet only 15% of the population were Freemasons. So that tells you that the men of yesterday were the leaders, the Masons, the Freemasons were the leaders because they built each other up and, and, and learned certain skills through Freemasonry that made them qualified to be statesmen. You know, and, and the tenants also helped us, you know, push along to 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 um, have that desire to to be the leaders of. Of our, did, of our state, good men and made them better. And that's what we still strive to do today is to take good men and make them better men. Right. To right. Become that perfect Ashlar to at least attempt to become that perfect Ashlar. Yes. Now, Mike, you came from a a, a, a more 
more of a Texas historical type uh, background with Freemasonry. You, you, how many generations do you have in in your family that are six that generations? Are six generations. And you have three here in Goliad, don't you? Well, my son, my brother, and I, our dad, our grandfather, our great grandfather, and our great great grandfather. All here in Goliad? Well, no. Uh, Great grandfather was a past master in Goliad. My dad was a past master. My brother and I are both past masters. Um, So five in in Goliad. Five in Goliad. My my great great grandfather was the founding member, uh, founding master of Cameron Lodge in Yorktown. Oh, very cool. Yeah, James Norman Smith was his name. So if your descendants ever need to do some genealogy, they can just go to the lodge (laughs) and go down the line of past masters. (laughs) Call call Grand Lodge. You got it all right there. You got it all right there. That's awesome. It's it's pretty awesome to – and I I did have to find some research on my grandfather because he was not a member of Goliad Lodge. He was a member of of Rungi Lodge, which – Folded into Almeida Lodge, which is ah, in, in up in Kennedy. Originally, originally, in, it's in Carnes County, right? Right, right. So, very interesting. So, so your your son, tell me that experience because my younger my younger son has expressed the the desire at this point and i am so excited it, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it how did you feel conferring that degree i i remember well i remember every degree but it was i can't uh, believe you were able to do it it was an experience that uh, i wouldn't trade for any amount of money in the world it was yeah. uh it was humbling. Uh, it was an honor. And uh, I-, I prayed to my descendants to help me get the words right in doing the degree. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, the pants by Marvin Gunn didn't hurt any at all either. Yes, exactly. Marvin and Joe, they they uh, they taught you well. And, and thanks to you, everybody in in. Uh, in our district as well as in 34 is, is very well versed and, and we can, we can travel around and do degrees. I've got to tell the world right now that, you know, as big as our world is, um, the Masonic improvement world that, that this man has traveled more miles in within two counties or three counties than any other man that I know ever in the history of life that just, just traveling between towns and, and sharing Freemasonry and, and teaching brothers how to do their work. And, and, uh, and I, I gotta tell you, I've had some of my most memorable times of, of visiting with, with you on the road and, and we've come up with some, some good plans for Goliad on the road. And, and, you know, we've had, you know, there's been several times when a bunch of us, you know, jump into 
that explorer and and uh and well it's not an explorer that's that's the bigger one in into your wife's car and and traveled to a to a different lodge and and we all debate on different things and have six guys in one vehicle debating a, a topic that's that's some of my favorite stuff right there that's that's the meat and potatoes of 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 freemasonry in my opinion that's that's what's close to my heart is is when we travel together hang out and and have those conversations good times if yes, all you had been so lucky as to get up at 2.30 in the morning to travel to Grand Lodge <laughs> with Mike this year. <laughs> well, see, I did that one time. So so the, the famous rule of thumb with Michael Calhoun, Michael Scott Calhoun, is ass in seat. So when he tells me what time we're leaving, he says, because he knows that, you know, he coined the, the nickname Dennis Lates with me. And so whenever he, whenever he says it's time to go, he says, okay, ass in seat, 5.30 a.m. That was the last time I went to Grand Lodge with Mike Calhoun because 5.30 a.m. And that was late for him. He felt like he was in a hurry. Yeah, he told me, be here at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I think he just did it just to get me up that early. Is he saying be there at three o'clock, or does that mean we are leaving at three? We're leaving at three o'clock. Okay. That means we're leaving at three o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> ass in seat. That means we're leaving at three o'clock in the morning. That, but you know, that I, is, I was uh, going to say, Dennis, too. Uh, Joe K and and uh, and Marvin both uh, were an inspiration and helped me out a lot with with learning things. But but Mike right there is who I credit. You know, I I, I was interested in learning the work. Um, when I got back involved with Lodge again, when I moved down here to Goliad, but, uh, where I'm at right now. And, and of course, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a certificate yet. He's, he's on me about doing that, but, uh, I, I know a whole lot more now than I did before. And, and it's because of Mike, you know, keeping on us and teaching us and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a very, um, He's very gentle and uh, and easygoing about teaching you the work. And, and you know, if you make a mistake, he, he's so soft-spoken when he corrects you. So uh, it, I know, it's easy it just, to learn with him. It just draws you in, doesn't it? It just makes you want to be a part. I, I totally get it. I feel the same way. <laughs> Except... You know, some people like the harsh realities, though. I mean, Roy, it took him two years to jump back into the the seafaring man after after a one night of training. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you go to Right Worshipful Reynolds forums, he's the same way. He's he's very gentle about uh, correcting you. And, <laughs> so. Well, and that's what I tell everybody that if 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 you want an opportunity to see the district instructors get chewed on as much as you get chewed on then you got to go watch keith reynolds and that's your opportunity to be the fly on the wall and watch him say no mike that's not how i have it <laughs> that's right that's uh those are always fun I, I really enjoy it and and after the last time like you know just like you're saying scott i think that that we could probably go ahead and get the C certificate already and, and possibly even the B if we worked at it just a little bit after, after doing it with Mike and, and really that, that was the best I've ever seen him in, 
in show of patience was doing the round table that last time when I had to take off early. Um, man, Mike was patient with everybody and, and let everybody just think it through and, and get through the work. And, and it definitely encouraged me to come back and, and get my certificate this time. That's for sure. Well, that's one of the things I like about Goliad. I, I visited, you, you know, last year, especially visited all, all of our lodges here in district 36. I visited a lot in, uh, in 34 and some down in 37 B, but we have a really good, um, uh, you know, we're all brothers, but we've got a really good, uh, we've got a really good thing going. Everybody's got a good sense of humor. Um, yeah. We're able to, uh, to, to work off of a, you know, what Mike knows or what, uh, what Rusty knows or Joe or whoever we, we can learn from each other and we have a good time doing it. And, yes. um, I, I enjoy that. And I appreciate that part of the, you know, that part of the fraternity and, and, uh, me personally, I'm kind of, I, I, I keep saying I'm going to do this, but I want to pick up the monitor and, and do a little bit more reading in there and, and kind of expand my education beyond what, what we learned through a floor school or, or something like that, because there's, there's so much to this that we can, we can learn and we can use in our daily lives. And, um, it's, it's, it's a deep, you know, it's a, it's a deep, uh, fraternity to get into. There's a lot of, there's a lot of information there that's just waiting to be discovered. You're absolutely right. And, and that's, that's really the, the main reason why I've, I've been traveling around lately is, is just trying to get a little bit more information to bring back to the, to the lodge because you know we have smart brothers and and all this knowledge and and wisdom within our lodge but we don't necessarily have all the 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 philosophical talks you know we have one of the best floor schools that i've ever that i've ever seen i've been to several of them with with other uh lodges and stuff and we have one of the very best floor schools that there is. And, and I think that it built Goliad up to be as, as solid and strong as it is. We're creating good leaders through our floor schools for sure. But I think you're right with the, you know, educating ourselves on the more philosophical sides of, of the, uh, of the fraternity is, is something that we can definitely improve upon. And, and that's one of the reasons I've been traveling so that hopefully I can bring some of that uh, into our area as well. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to get a, a, a group together and, and do round tables of just, you know, hanging out and hashing through some of that stuff. Cause really there's no wrong answers. I mean, we all have our perceptions of what things mean and, and we talk about it and, and, at the end of the day, you may still feel the same. At the end of the day, you might have a totally different outlook on what a certain part of the, the ritual meant or, or what have you. It's pretty, there, there's, there's so much depth to Freemasonry that, that we have to, to dig into. I, we're, I'm still on the surface. I'm, I'm still scratching. <laughs> there, it's so much deeper than I am. That's for sure. Uh, the one thing that it's very rewarding 
when you get a candidate and you're trying to teach him to work is to make sure that not only that he knows the words, but he understands the meaning behind those words. Yeah. And 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 the importance of them and, and how they will help him improve his way through life. Right. That's that to me that's 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 the meaning of, of teaching the esoteric is is teaching them the deeper meaning behind whatever they're they're picking up on. Right, right. And and you know, when you think about it, the only way you can really get into that deeper discussion is if like yourself, you're you're you've got an A certificate because you you can do all the lectures and and the charges and whatnot. Because the lectures outline, you know, what we're what we're going through. It it basically gives you a rundown of what you're going through and uh, and kind of points you in the right direction. And so you're better apt to to guide into the uh, those directions because, you know, that work, whereas I I definitely don't. I I wish I did, but I, I don't. You know, Justin is a is a district instructor as well. And, and he travels around all over doing all the uh, lectures in his area. And, you know, that, that's, uh, that's the good stuff there. That's, that's where you get to hear what you should be learning from this stuff. Well, I'm not sure. I don't even know if I should, if I should say this, but I know we all have different ideas about how far back Freemasonry goes. Uh, I'm one of the ones that thinks that, you know, it really does spring up out of the age of enlightenment. But um, when it becomes, you know, really what we know of it as know of it as today, it's because you have guys that are sitting there and they're they're wanting to discuss uh, philosophy. They're wanting to discuss the arts, the sciences, things like that, that wasn't generally discussed at that time. You know, it wasn't something that that just everybody talked about. So um that that's part of our tradition as well. And part of our history going back, you know, uh, that we, that we were started for that sort of a thing. Yes. That's why I love the second degree so much because that really touches on, on what you're talking about there. And I think that, yes, I think that we really came about about that time as well, but they were looking at the ancients, the ancient mysteries to try and understand God, basically trying, trying to understand, you know, where we come from. And, and so they looked at all the ancient philosophers. They looked at all the ancient, uh, the Druids, the, the Essenes, the, all the different ancient religions, all this trying to figure out where we come from, because before that they were told what they were supposed to believe and they weren't allowed to think for themselves. I think you're absolutely right, Scott, that that's, that was what brought it all about. And it happened during the age of enlightenment. I, I truly believe that. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I could ever find it again, but I, I did some research at one point and it was, um, excuse me. And uh, it was that's a copy. Unacceptable. It was a copy of um, some really old, catechism now, i couldn't even tell you where it came from but i think it was uh probably european at that at, at the time that i was reading it 
And uh, so it was the questions and answers. And what's really interesting is uh, basically one of the first questions was, where do we originate from? And the answer was the Dionysian Artisifers. And then it, it was another question is like, what, what, did, what did they become? And the answer was the Essenes. And then it, it went on from there, but that, it kind of it drifted away from that and went on to some other things. But uh, that always stuck with me. And it, always, it, it was always interesting to me because I, I believe that, well, nothing comes out of a vacuum, right? And so these older organizations or mystery schools or whatever you want to call them in some way had some type of influence in, in creating at least, at least historically what Freemasonry is. Maybe not necessarily the practices most lodges do now, but uh, definitely during the formulative years of Freemasonry had a huge impact. Back yeah, when we still COVID. had skulls in, in Freemasonry. Oh, yeah, before there's no scary. skulls in Freemasonry. Yeah. <laughs> what I think is cool, though, is is the perfect point that you brought up, Scott, and that is that right now we're seeing today more and more people that are getting excited about the education portion of, of Freemasonry. You know, everybody already agrees that, you know, the, the catechism is so important. The better you are at a degree the better the candidate is prepared to become a Mason. It, it, it makes the right kind of impression for that rite of passage. So that's so important. And we've been following that for quite some time. And Goliath has really been building on it and has really gotten strong. But right now we're seeing these new Masons coming in and, and they're getting excited about the education. They, of course, they do like going out and getting a beer and having fun and, and doing the things that we do. But, man, they, they, they're, they're searching on the Internet for us, and then they find us, and now they're wanting us to teach them about this stuff. So it's, it's very cool, very cool to see that coming back around to where we're all inclusive and more of a well-rounded fraternity like we used to be. And... And that's really, really awesome. I know that for the the eighteen year olds and, and the the really young men now, this is probably a little bit still before their time. But I think the uh, like I was influenced by National Treasure, as, as silly as it sounds, right? When I was when I was eighteen, yes. and uh, <laughs> These, these, this, this is the National Treasure generation. These are the kids that, that saw it when they were probably really, really young. And so they grew up with kind of this impression of what Freemasonry is, at least, you know, at least in their mind. And so they, if they're interested in the fraternity and if they grow up with that, that mentality, they, uh, they definitely are attracted to us because they, they think there was something, something marvelous and that there's something much deeper to be learned from our, from our memory work and the rituals and, and the, the education we offer. Well, we're at Which, the real, real no, quick, by all before, means, Dennis, go ahead. I, I have to, I have to. So real quick, um, Scott, you're, you know, you're a, a historian and all, a, a lot of the reenactors out there are Masons as well. And they love the history and such. So 
when you come out, you'll get to, to see, you know, a lot of the people that are out there at the Presidio are going to be Masons that are, that are in the, in the tents and, and I wouldn't say a lot, but there, there's a, there's a good group. of There's them. quite a few. And you'll recognize yeah. them. I mean, they're, they're pretty proud of it. Yeah. Make sure that they, they bring an apron to, to walk in procession with us. Well, brothers, this has <laughs> been a very good conversation. I would like to be sure that we wrap this up, give everybody enough time to uh, share some parting thoughts. Uh, Scott, Mike, uh, again, I appreciate your time. Uh, if you, if you have anything that you would like to add, I advise you to speak before Dennis because then we'll run out of time. So since he's a right worshipful DD Jim, now we can't talk after him, I guess. <laughs> there just won't be time to That's talk after funny. him. <laughs> no, I, I just, I appreciate being, uh, being invi- invited on. Um, if y'all ever want to just do, get some serious in-depth stuff about Texas history and, and Texas Freemasonry, I've got all sorts of stories we could tell and talk about, but uh, you know, I, I, I think I've already kind of said my piece on it, what, what it means to me. And, and uh, I will echo Dennis, Dennis's comments. I'm, I'm really excited to see not just Goliad 94, but district 36. We've, we've come a long way. Um, thanks in part, and in large part to Mike Calhoun and the work that he's done yes. down here. Yes. Other brothers like Marvin Gunn and, and Joe K. Hooten and, and uh, Rusty Comstock as well. We've, we've got a, a lot of good stuff going on down here and, and good, good lodges in 36. So come down and visit us if you're around. One brother that we're leaving out is uh, brother Grish. Who oh yeah. Yes. To us from 37 B and, and he was a district instructor there and, he is an A certificate holder, and he's been a very valuable asset for our lodge for the last six months at least. Exactly. And, and, yes. and possibly longer. And not only is he a, a good instructor, but he's a good man and a good mason. So I agree. Michael, I agree get this reference, but uh, District 36, we've got like all those uh, those stones that go into Thanos's glove. That's that's all of our certificate holders <laughs> that, that uh, give us yes. the, the district of power here. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, go ahead, Justin, before I before I finish up. Um, I was just gonna say once again, I really appreciate everybody taking time out of the evening to come. This has been a very interesting. Uh, conversation. I, I've learned quite a few things that I didn't really know about. So we I made uh, it up. <laughs> well, you, you could have it. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I definitely have to get down to Goliad sometime. And uh, it sounds like a very interesting place. It is. And, and it's, and it's, it's really cool. The dynamics of our lodge and, and our district you know, you have all sorts of walks of life, and and because we're so so small of an area, we we have like the director of the Presidio in our lodge. We have one of the oldest ranching families in our lodge. You know, we we have those kind of resources. You know, of of minds and and people to to hang out with and visit with. These two guys are are some of my some of my best mentors. I don't want to get too deep into this because I, I don't want to give Scott too much ammunition. Too you know, Michael take, Michael take it gracefully, but you know, I, I truly care about these two brothers um, more than, than almost anybody. And, and they've really supported me and, and covered my tail through some, some 
good times and bad times. And, and uh, I think everybody should have brothers like these in their lodge, especially in the blue lodge. You, you need brothers that can teach you different things. You know, that Scott teaches me how to keep my cool. And Scott's my, my editor in chief here in Goliad. Mike, he's my good ass whooping. He, he puts me in line every time I get out of, out of line. And, and, you know, so I, I really am grateful for these two people because if it wasn't for them, I definitely wouldn't be who I am today and, and where I, where I am today. Um, because they've really made that kind of an impact on me. And if you don't have somebody like that in your lodge, find somebody. And if you can't find somebody in your lodge, if you're having a hard time, then uh, reach out to us here at, at Masonic Improvement because we know brothers all over the state. Hello, friends. Hello, brothers. This is Justin with Masonic Improvement. I'm joined today by my co-host, Dennis Yates. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't even fair. <laughs> okay. So hello everybody. Glad to glad to see you tonight. And I gotta tell you, you've you've seen my brothers from from San Antonio that I hang out with and and talk Scottish Rite garb with and all that kind of good stuff. And uh now you get to see my Blue Lodge brothers, um, my mentors and and best friends in Blue Lodge. They they really are um are the guys that that I lean on the most and and they have my back and 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 I definitely have theirs at any time. I'd like to introduce to you Scott McMahon. He's the director of of the Presidio and um and also past master of Goliad 94 and then Mike Calhoun who is the the um I I He's the secretary of just about every lodge I know of around here, and except for ours, which Scott is the secretary. And then uh, they both they're they're both past district deputy grandmasters. Mike has been ours at thirty six and also at large, and he's also our district instructor for district thirty four. Um, guys, it, it is a privilege to have you here. We're so excited. Thank you for uh, agreeing to to talk with us tonight. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank y'all. Thank y'all both for coming, Dennis. I, I wasn't sure what you were hinting at about about your about your name when you said. Uh, I guess you're talking about that title. Uh, what was it? Uh, the, <laughs> the Goober of Goliad why, is that what we call? Yeah. You? Why Why would you Why would you make me say that? You know. You, <laughs> You know you're so bad. You you turned into my my Blue Lodge brothers here, and and you're just going to give me grief the whole time. I can tell. He usually calls me the Guru of Goliad, and and I was just waiting for you guys to laugh as soon as as soon as he said that. But uh, Dennis, I, 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 I have never heard that before. <laughs> I think you're I think you're trying to inflate your ego here. Absolutely, every chance I get. Um. So. Scott, we'll start with you tonight, and and I'd like to to touch on some key historical events that we're having, and and we're so excited about this because our grandmaster has has made a, a real effort this year to make 
all of our historical events more meaningful to us all and make them full weekend events to where when we go, we're going to hang out for Friday and Saturday and sometimes Sunday morning before everybody heads out. Um, what kind of events are, are we looking forward to coming up? Do you, do you, uh, do you have those on, on your docket? I don't know anything about any events coming up. <laughs> okay, uh, so, I'm assuming so, you're talking about uh, the Goliad uh, Memorial Remembrance, correct? Yes, and, and the Alamo. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so the Alamo come up first. Um, and, of course, I believe we've got a, a Grandmasters Conference scheduled up there, but uh, the significance of that will be uh, March the 6th, the Alamo fell. Um, actually, even prior to that, March the 2nd is Texas Independence Day, and I believe – there will be, there used to be when I worked up there years ago, and I think they're still doing it, but uh, I think that Washington Lodge meets at the site of Independence Hall, where the convention declared independence back in 1836, and they have uh, a tiled lodge meeting there. Um, and then, like wow. I say, we'll be, we'll be going to San Antonio for the, the Grandmasters Conference there. Uh, we'll have a procession down from the, the Scottish Rite Temple to, um, to the Alamo. And uh, then, of course, the end of March, the weekend of the 29th, 29th, 27th, well, I know this, um, we'll be coming over to Goliad uh, to visit the Phantom Memorial. And that's the 26th, 27th, my bad. Um, it's always that last weekend in March. So, yeah, there's a lot of this is uh, in the in the history nerd world. This is what we call the high holy days of Texas history. We have. The, the siege of the Alamo, the Declaration of Independence, the, uh, the battle out here at, at Coletta Creek, the massacre, the end of March, and of course the fall of the Alamo on the 6th. So yeah, there's a lot of Texas history going on right now, or about to be going on. Yes, exactly. And, and the, the coolest thing, well, of course, we're trying to get a thousand people, a thousand Masons to the, uh, to the Alamo Remembrance. And, and then, uh, and then we're going to this year form grand procession from the Presidio over to the memorial site at here in Goliad, which is totally awesome. And then we're going to have a picnic. And, you know, this is is right up Mike's alley that he grew up doing this when he was younger with, you know, he's got multiple generations of of Masons in his family and grew up having this picnic at the battleground then we brought it back in honor of of uh of our past past masters mike can you tell us a little bit about back in the day well what i remember as a child was going out and gathering up uh corn and and different things for the event it was uh a very nice event for all the masons and their families um, and of course, Goliad's a very small town, so the people that you grew up with and went to school with, most of them, your friends were your dad's friends, so it was kind of a big get-together. I see. Yes, yes, and and it's really going to be great this year. We'll We'll get, not only are we doing it with our district, but we're going to have the the grandmaster and and his 
and uh, and anybody that comes down from the rest of Texas to to join with us and and it's going to be a really really fun time this year which it it was a fun time last year I I really enjoyed it I mean that's that's a time when our families get together and and that's always special for me you know I take my family everywhere so that's always good to be able to hang out with brothers yes go ahead Mike other than the weather it was a very nice event very cooperative last year Right. It was a little chilly, but that's all right. It was a good time. And then this year, not a whole lot of people will make it, um, but there's also going to be a fellow craft degree at the um, in Austin at the end of February. Um, it's two weeks. Is it two weeks from now? Yes, yeah, two it weeks, should be. two weeks from now. On, on Friday, on, on a Friday, there's going to be a, a grand procession uh, going from the archives building over to the, um, to the Capitol, and, and then we'll, we'll have a fellow craft degree on Friday, and then there's a festive board Friday night, and that's hosted by University Lodge in, in Austin, and that's going to be a good time as well. I plan on being there also that's that's going to be fun. I can't wait. I it, it'll be the first fellow craft degree in Austin. The first fellow craft degree in Austin. Yeah, that's, really? yeah, that's, <laughs> that's news to me. <laughs> okay, guys, in in the capital, I apologize. Okay. Let's yeah, just let's just let's just stop any kind of Masonic discussion and just roast Dennis for the next forty minutes. Our, you know our... that's that's just not even funny. That's, that's just too easy. So so Scott, um, also we've got the the Battle of Gonzales and and, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that'll be in October. In October, what what yeah, usually that's... goes on there? Um, well, I haven't been in years, but they have a, they have a big parade. And I believe that, uh, there's usually either grandmaster or past, uh, grandmaster that's there for the parade. And a lot of the DDGM show up, uh, that's the right around the third of October, right around that first weekend. And then, um, after we get done here, I don't know if there's anything going on, but, uh, the end of April would be the battle of San Jacinto, uh, which is important to Texas Freemasonry because the charter for the, you know, for the Grand Lodge of Texas was carried in Anson Jones's saddlebags during the battle. So, and of course we all know he was the first grand master. So there's a lot of significance there. And I too want to plug, you know, we're talking all this history. Um, Goliad is and i'm going to make this claim on your podcast so um but so far as i know we are the oldest continuously used lodge building in the state of texas and i was told by way of uh uh, brother batters that uh, another lodge is now claiming that they're the oldest continuously used lodge building but they weren't chartered until two years after us so i don't know how they're older but uh yeah um, our building was built in uh, 1854 out of stones that came from the mission in the Presidio. And, um, we've been having a lodge there ever since we've, we've never stopped. So, um, 
it's unique. You kind of you kind of made me panic when you started out a while ago. If we got a thousand brothers coming out, I, I was thinking, <laughs> surely you're not talking about Goliad because that, that's not going to work really well. But yeah, the procession, the grand procession from uh, from Scottish right down to the Alamo, I, I can see that. But um, but yeah, for sure, come out. A lot of times, uh, it's it's almost standing room only at, uh, at Goliad '94 when we have Grand Lodge come down in March. So. And yes. it's, it's unique. And, we've done a, as you know, we've done a lot of work trying to get the building um, back to where it needs to be, and we still got a lot of work to do. But um, it's something that that uh, I know the three of us from Goliad '94 here right now are very proud of, and and I like to absolutely. show them what What kind of yes? What kind of work have y'all done on your building? Well, we uh, <laughs> we replaced. We had all the plaster damage that had accumulated over the years, and I mean, I'm sure it was a long time. Had all that redone. Um, Dennis and I one day after uh, after a forum and exam with, I think Mike, were you right, Worshipful DDGM that time? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and after, and we go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say we got back after that exam and or the foreman exam and and uh, Dennis and I were excited about uh, everything and pumped up and we started peeling carpet up in there uh, in the floor of the the lodge room and got about halfway pulled up and realized we we really couldn't turn back at that point so we went to Mike thinking he was going to give us some sort of uh, <laughs> green light and, and would give us a little bit of legitis- legitimacy to what we had just done but we ended up pulling all the carpet out of there and and. Uh, a lot of the brothers from Goliad did work on the floor. We've got a beautiful old hardwood floor in there. Um, I'm actually uh, going to try and get some painting done in there, uh, all seeing eye in the east and some other things around the lodge room to kind of dress it up like an old style lodge would be done. But yeah, we put a lot of work into it lately. Your, your story yeah, about it, the carpet it, reminds me of my original lodge. We had um, uh, some counters in our kitchen pretty nasty right and one day at practice a brother accidentally put too much weight on one of them and broke it so at that point it's no turning back you had to just tear them all down (laughs) well what was funny about about that day is so we start pulling it back and we're looking at it and we're thinking man this this can really clean up good and and when we when we say clean up we actually sanded down the floor completely and and redid the floor completely i mean we really did it right but so we we're pulling up the carpet and then and like you said we finally get to a point to where there's no return so we just roll it all up and scott and i are sitting in the east and we're sitting on our on the steps in the in the east and and i i looked at scott i said they can't take me out of the east for this can they he said no but they might not let me in (laughs) because Scott was a senior warden at that time as well but I gotta tell you out of all of this the one thing that I learned that that I'll always take away from me from this is that when when it all hits the fan and you need somebody to get rid of the body you call Todd Patterson because he rolled up with his truck and we threw that carpet out the window and into his truck and he took off to Mike's place to burn it in the pasture so <laughs> so, how am I going to edit that, Dennis? My gosh! I hope well, see, you don't. <laughs> Dennis was being hopeful that that uh, if the floor didn't look good, he could roll that carpet back out. And when you roll up 
an entire section of carpet the size of a lodge room, you, you can't really unroll it back out. <laughs> So I, I thought Dennis's lesson was going to be it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my go-to. I mean, everybody knows that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was awesome. And and it started um a really nice trend. We've we've really started doing a lot to the lodge and and Todd and and his brother-in-law Frank. Frank comes down from uh, Wisconsin every year and, and Frank is, is a master uh, carpenter. And so he comes in and just looks at different things and says, okay. And then that's all they do the whole time he's down here in, in Texas is work on our lodge. And that's pretty awesome. But we've, we've had a lot of things done and, and it's, and it's really exciting to see the look on people's face when they see our lodge as old as it is with the dome roof like the like the um, grand lodge used to be and you haven't seen that have you you look kind of puzzled when i when i said that yeah I'm puzzled. we actually yes we have an arched arched roof uh ceiling to have. where it, it past have tense. we do have the grand lodge we do no, it, oh, the Grand oh, Lodge oh. used to. Grand Lodge used to. We still have it. Okay, I thought you were talking about the Grand Lodge still having. We it. Ha we have the we have the roof that Grand Lodge used to have. We just moved it down to Goliad. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little flatbed. <laughs> can't yeah, move. All that, can't all move that stained carpets, glass. You can move an entire entire dome. That's not a problem. Well, that's how they yeah, did absolutely. it, in McKinney. That's right. That's right. We did it all in McKinney. <laughs> we we. We have been a Vanguard Lodge in McKinney since uh, since right after I was raised. So if that says anything, I mean, it, it should. It really should. <laughs> so <clears throat> along with just San Jacinto um, in April, we also, as as people leave from there, they, they run down to, to Shiner and do a tour of, of the... Uh, of the brewery down there and Shiner bought beers and, and that's always fun. Now they've created this uh, William Batters and, and most worshipful Billings together have created an, an event called Shriners and Shiner. And they stop down there every year and, and do a tour and, and bring their fezes and, and drink some beer. Did any of y'all try that? Not to change the subject too much. Did any of y'all try that? That I think it was bourbon that was auctioned at the gala. The gala. You mean? <clears throat> you mean this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got two of them. <laughs> I've got two of them. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy whiskey and and bourbon and things, but that was especially good. And he had me. I didn't. I haven't shared it yet. I'm going to get That's another bottle say. for us, Mike. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to get another bottle for us. I actually got these. Um, this is bottle number ninety three, and bottle number ninety seven. These are for my boys. When they become masters, then I'm going to give each one. That's their birth year, and I'm going to give each one a bottle when they become a master mason. Nice. So those will those will sit for a while, but there's there's more to be had, and I'm going to uh, buy another bottle for us in Goliad. Don't worry. 
but I'm not going to pay $1,500 for, for this bottle. That's for sure. That, that was, that was a, an awesome auction. It all, all the proceeds went to, uh, to the Grand Lodge Library and Museum. And, and in fact, one of our members, um, Brother Bennett, he, um, he got a gavel that, that was made by um, Yeti. And uh, it's probably the most expensive gavel in Texas. And it's also one of the most beautiful. If y'all can find that on Facebook, it, it was really a, a cool gavel. Well, so what made it so expensive? Because it was part of the live auction. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was. I thought maybe it was like cast out of pure gold or something. You know, something that no, really the only, the price up. No, the the only thing that that went for more money was the was the pure gold uh, grandmaster's coin, and that went for twenty eight hundred dollars. That was a pretty pretty cool thing. I, I gave up after a thousand. I said, yeah. no, I'm not going to do that. And that was pretty quick into it too. That was that was amazing. Oh, I didn't I didn't but, stick around for the auction, so I so it jumped up pretty quick. Yes, so, yes, that one jumped up real I could, quick. I there, there was there wasn't much haggling. There, somebody wanted it and they got it for sure. Yeah. So, anyways, um, the other in in Goliad, we had the the reenactments going on at the same time, and then we also have the mission. Can can you tell us a little bit about that, Scott? I mean, you you're possibly by time this all happens you're going to be the director of all that aren't you no 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 still just the presidio that's okay that's, okay uh, that's further on down the road yeah um okay. nice yeah so uh in march what we'll do is uh we'll we'll open up at uh goliad 94 um we'll break away you know call to refreshment we'll come over here and uh do the procession the procession will be basically in the footsteps of the procession that happened in June of 1836 when uh, Thomas Jefferson Rusk and the Texian army came through and buried the remains of the, the men that have been massacred here at Goliad, where they're interred now. And um, of course, Rusk was a, was a brother Mason. But um, yeah, we'll be following their footsteps from the, the Sally Port of the Presidio over to the Fannin Monument where Fannin and his men are buried, that was uh, part of the centennial uh, celebrations in 1936. It was actually built in 37, but it was part of the centennial celebrations for Texas's um, Texas's 100th birthday. Uh, during the Great. day, though, we'll be having we'll have three different battles going on at 10, uh, I believe 10, one, and three. Uh, out in front of the Presidio. We work with Texas Parks and Wildlife on that. And uh, we've got a group of uh, big reenactors, uh, or a big group of reenactors, not a group of big reenactors, but uh, we got a big Come group of reenactors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are there are some that are big, but uh, um, they come but, yeah, in all they'll, sizes. Be, uh, they'll be going out doing the battle. Um, we do uh, kind of an all, all forces, uh, infantry, cavalry, artillery uh, first. Then at the middle of the day, we do the cab battle. And then the last part of the day, we do a reenactment of the Battle of Coletto Creek, which then comes into the Presidio. All the Texans are prisoners. Uh, if you come in here as a visitor, you get to watch all that, see how that all goes down. 
And then we'll be doing a special candlelight tour after hours. And I believe that we're going to have uh, some of that blocked off for the brothers that are coming down to visit uh, and, and participate that day. So, uh, and then Sunday we'll have a memorial. Uh, we have a reenactment of the, the, the massacre. Then we end up with a memorial that leads from the chapel where they were all held, where the Texians were held in 36. And we go, we'll basically be following the same footsteps that we'll be doing the day before, but it'll be led by our uh, bishop for the diocese. And we'll have a memorial service out at the, the, uh, the marker. So there's a lot of stuff going on that Very day. Very cool. Yes. And you are doing everything you can to add as much as you can to my plate uh, on an already busy weekend. So yes, <laughs> and I am proud to do it. I, I got to tell you that I'm I'm super stoked. So after you know we're going to do our normal stuff that we've always done in Goliad with our enchilada lunch after after we do the memorial service and and then that'll be a time from one o'clock. Um, in fact, I'll I'll probably let people know at about 1230 um, what time it is so that they can get over to see the the one o'clock reenactment, um, because that is if you've never seen a reenactment, it is one of the m- most cool things you'll ever see in your life. And when you hear those cannons for the first time, oh, my goodness, if you have any babies, they're going to be crying. And, and it's awesome. You, you hear the cannons and then all of a sudden the, the, the men are crying and the babies are laughing, but it's, it's a great time. And, and they have, they're riding horses. They're doing the whole thing. I mean, it, it's really cool in the high grass and everything. I mean, it's just really an awesome experience. And then also we have the mission um, across the highway that, that has regular tours. And, and I would strongly encourage people to do that afterwards after seeing the, the uh, Presidio going over to the mission and checking it out because it's it's really a sight to see. It's really beautiful and uh, and it's and it's worth spending some time over there as well because we will be coming back after after the picnic at, at the battlegrounds and and like Scott said we'll we'll do the candlelight uh, tour and Scott's gonna gonna tell us all about the Presidio at that point and that's it, one of my favorite things is when he's explaining what happened in the Presidio and and I gotta tell you one of the most beautiful cathedrals I've ever seen in my life is right there at the Presidio I mean that 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 artwork in in that in that cathedral is beautiful and and you've just got to see it you got to go and see it so anyways that's it's been around for a while it's it's they completed it in 1779, and um, it's been used pretty much nonstop except for about a year in the 1850s. And uh, we still have mass there every Sunday. So, very cool. Very wow. cool. Yeah, it is very cool. So, <clears throat> with that, that'll that'll pretty much wrap up our our portion of the the historical portion, the hysterical portion, and we'll we'll get into. Uh, We'll talk to Scott and and Mike a little bit about about who they are and how they joined Freemasonry and and uh, what drew them to it and and also a little bit more about our relationships at the lodge and and you know how uh, 
how we lean on each other and, and how I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for these two guys. So, all right, so let's wrap it up. Yeah, I poured it on thick, Scott. You got to edit that out. No, leave it in. <laughs> no, he'll he'll make it look real good. He always does. So I noticed that we were low on time, and so I wanted to go yeah. ahead since that was a pretty good time to break. I that's why I went into saying yeah, that. And then, yeah, I don't want to get. I don't. I don't want to get into anything. Anything really, really uh, substantial when we got a minute and a half left. That'd be kind of awkward. So yeah, exactly. Um, do I have any questions or anything so far? No. You do yeah. one one point that we probably should be bringing out is is that Goliad is also the place of the birthplace of ranching in Texas. Yeah, and it all started right there at the at the Mission of Spirit to Santo. Okay, why don't you bring that up, Mike? Since you're a rancher, because I'm going to tell people you're a rancher, one of the oldest ranching families in Goliad, and. Uh, so that'll that'll be a good topic for you to bring up for sure. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're gonna log off and then go on to that other email and and log on to the second um, section. Yeah. And we'll see y'all in a few minutes. I'm gonna go grab something to drink real quick. I want to check on my kids and make sure they haven't started any fires yet, and then uh, I'll get the next one going. Okay. All right. See see y'all in a minute.